1: Friends and neighbors, I don't remember what you always say. (laughs) 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 All right. (laughs) Hello, everybody. (laughs) Welcome to Monster Movie Fun Time Go. I am one of your hosts, Honey Bee.
0: And I am your other host precious d
1: <laughs>
0: honey b what uh, movie are we talking yeah, about this we're week
1: a couple best friends making a podcast about monster movies going uh all the way down the line we started at 1933's king kong and now we have made it to 1990 tremors And you may Living in the
0: 90s. Yay! Living in the wild, wild west.
1: Ow, 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 ow. I'm so happy to be in the 90s. I know
0: what's going on in this movie.
1: I'm so excited. I'm so glad we're here. Like, we're we're (laughs) actually in, like, my era of movies. Like, I'm almost alive at this point in our journey and i'm so excited because this is like the first movie that we've watched outside of our halloween series that i have seen like over and over and over and over again and i love it and it's just the first time so i'm so happy to be here even though i know we kind of talked about this a little bit last week it's like is tremors a kaiju movie Mm. Maybe not, but it's a monster movie, and there wasn't any other option for the 90s, and we love you guys, so have a little bit of tremors, you know what I mean?
0: <laughs> Honey B, how old were you in 1990?
1: I wasn't born yet. <laughs> what? I wasn't born yet.
0: And yet you've seen this movie over and over.
1: Yeah, it, well, my mother, m- my mom loves this movie. Yeah. This was like a staple in my uh, household.
0: I, there are movies I've seen over and over that I was not born when they f- first came out. So,
1: <laughs> Yeah, I actually talked to my friend today. I talked to a friend today and I was like, oh, yeah, we're doing Tremors for the podcast. And he was like, wow, I think I've only seen that movie once and it was with you. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, heck yeah. Well, it's going to be awesome. So let's do
0: it uh it's from 1990 it is in color it is uh...
1: are you looking at a kill count
0: i was trying to i was trying to look up the kill count
1: it's a lot it's a lot considering how many people are in the movie like like there's not a really big city moment or anything like that so for the like small amount of people in the movie a lot of them die <laughs> <laughs> but not the important people Let's talk about the cast. This amazing cast. I only say amazing because, uh, hello, Reba.
0: Ten, ten people, four graboids. What? And many sheep. <laughs> ten people are killed, and four of the creatures, the graboids. Okay. <laughs> it is directed by Ron Underwood from a screenplay by Brent Maddock and S.S. S. Wilson story by those three people it (laughs) is 96 minutes the budget was 10 million and the box office was 16.7 million i've been hearing lately that a movie's expected to make at least double its budget to be considered profitable oh Anyway, so I guess this movie must have seemed profitable to somebody for them to make six more of them and a television series.
1: (laughs) Yeah, definitely.
0: And a second television series was set to air in 2018 after a pilot had been shot with Kevin Bacon reprising his role for the first time since the original film. But multiple networks, including sci-fi, passed on the series. That, that's a shame, because I, I would like to have seen that. This was fairly early in Kevin. So let's say the, the cast, Kevin Bacon, as Valentine McKee, Fred Ward as Earl Bassett, Finn Carter as Rhonda mm-hmm. LaBeck. I was looking her up because I didn't really know her from anything else. And... Mm-hmm. She was in a few things and then kind of disappeared and then appeared on the police blotter not too long ago. Got arrested for some such thing. What? Yeah, I'm not sure what. It, Damn. Yeah. She's not doing as that well sucks. as, as uh, Kevin Bacon.
1: Well, love to you, lady.
0: Uh, in, on, this is also from Wikipedia. On July 30, 2019, then 59-year-old Carter was arrested in Las Vegas, Nevada and booked on one count of possessing a stolen vehicle and 14 counts of possessing Mm -hmm. a credit card without the cardholder's consent. Both charges are felonies. Prosecutors have 90 days to file a criminal complaint. Carter was released from custody by a justice of the peace with a promise to return for an October court date. That was in 2019, so I don't know why there hasn't been an update to that. I'm going to just go out on a limb and assume that it did not go well for her. So, oh, that sucks so that's a shame.
1: I hope, I hope she's okay because, yeah, because I love her in this movie, and she's she does a great job.
0: Then we have Michael Gross as Bert Gummer. Last month it was Bert Gummer Day. <laughs> Doing the best I can with what I've got. Reba McIntyre as Heather Gummer.
1: Yay! Ow! 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 Which I feel like she's the only person in the whole movie that has a real accent. <laughs> I feel like everybody else's accent is so fake and it's pretty obvious. Like the twang and the draw just like is a little bit forced with everybody else. And she's the only one that, you know, right. I mean, it's Reba that, you know, how she talks and I love it so much. I feel like it saves everybody else. Like they were like, it saves everybody else's kind of like shitty fake. I feel like this movie, the way that the people talk and the way that the, the actors kind of act, I feel like this is... The way that people think of you when you're from, like, Texas or, like, the South. You know what I mean? Like, these, like, it's kind of like
0: these Uh people
1: are acting like what they think. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, when you go to, you meet someone new (laughs) and you're, like, from Texas and they're like, oh, my God, Uh, do you have a horse?
0: Do you uh, have
1: cowboy boots? You know, like, that kind of thing. I feel like everybody in this movie are like, oh, yeah, we know how to act like... (laughs) We're from the South. We'll just put on these accents and this draw and we'll say, God damn yeah. it, a lot. And we'll shoot guns. And you know what I mean? It kind of feels like, which I love it. I'm not talking shit. I love it. I, it's just kind of a like level of cheesy where it feels like everybody except Reba <laughs> McIntyre uh-huh. is.
0: Well, on the one hand, I do not have a horse, but on the other hand, my neighbors do. Take that for what it's worth. This was Reba's <laughs> so first acting role. <laughs> then she went on to have, you know, many more, including a couple of TV series with her name. Uh Bobby Jacoby as Melvin Plug. Mm-hmm. Charlotte Stewart as Nancy Sterngood. Ariana Richards as Mindy Sterngood. Tony Gennaro as Miguel. Richard Marcos as Nestor Cunningham. Victor Wong. As Walter Chang, BB Besh as Megan Wallace, Conrad Bachman as Dr. Jim Wallace, Sunshine Parker as Edgar Deems, that's quite a name, Michael Dan Wagner or Wagner as Old Fred, so John Goodwin as, and John Pappas as Carmine. And that's it, it's a pretty small cast in a pretty small town in a small movie about big worm things. Mm-hmm. Honeybee, what do you think of Tremors?
1: Yeah. Well, I, like I said, I really love this movie. I watched it a lot as a kid. I remember watching it with my mom. We watched it so many times and it was kind of, you know, one of those movies that we would just watch over and over again when I was little, so... The nostalgia for me is a big one with this movie. And it also... There's so many times in this movie where even though I've seen it so many times, I still laugh out loud because it's so goofy and silly and just funny. So I love this movie, <laughs> but I don't know if it that makes it a good movie because it's like one of those things where, you know, when you're a kid and you have something... You might not necessarily. It might not necessarily be good, you know, like something weird, like mac and cheese and hot dogs or something, you know. And when you eat it, when it, you know, it's like as an adult, like it's not that good, but it's something that you had, so you love it. So I don't know if I, it's one of those kinds of
0: things. Mac and cheese may not be fancy, but it is good. So there you go. This movie may not be fancy, but it's a good movie.
1: So good. Yes. <laughs> It's it's like mac and cheese. It's a staple, you know. It's it's it goes good with anything.
0: <laughs> I want to talk a little about Michael Gross. Were you familiar with him before this? Well, probably not because you weren't born yet.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I I wasn't familiar
0: with him. <laughs> Are you at all familiar with his television work? No. Okay, so here here's the thing. He was um this this. This movie was a departure for him, but then he ends up playing this character and in, in all the rest of the movies. Well, actually, at the in Tremors 4, The Legend Begins, I believe he actually plays Burt Gummer's ancestor because uh, that one's a prequel.
1: Oh, I think I've only seen to three.
0: OK, yeah. Tremors 4 is set in 1889, so he is playing uh, Hiram Gummer. Anyway, Michael Gross first became well-known playing Stephen Keaton, the father, on the sitcom Family Ties, which made Michael J. Fox famous playing his son. And the thing is, he was, uh, once of that sitcom, is that the parents were fairly, well, uh, not like quite hippies, but they were fairly liberal, and their son was very conservative, so that was part of the joke and part of the tension. He was like a fan of Ronald Reagan and George Bush and his parents, and he you know, he wanted to grow up to be a business person or whatever. And that's not what his parents were trying to raise him to be. So he was offered this part and took this part as a as a great contrast to his previous television persona by playing this crazy survivalist right-wing guy who uh, normally is a nut job, but in this situation is exactly the guy that you want. (laughs) It it was just an interesting career shift for him. Doubly interesting that he just continues to play this character for the next several years, but let's get into the plot from Wikipedia. Thank you. Wikipedia. Wikipedia. Valentine oh. Val McKee and Earl Bassett are handymen working in Perfection. They're not hired hands. They're handymen. In Perfection, Nevada.
1: Handymen.
0: An isolated settlement in the high desert Nevada. east of the Sierra Nevada mountains. They eventually get tired of their jobs and leave for Bixby, the nearest town. I thought their relationship was um, interesting and never completely explained. Like, why they're handyman partners. They appear to live in the same trailer together. Mm -hmm. Their fates and fortunes are intertwined, but it's not clear why because they're not related. Earl is quite a bit older than Val, so he kind of acts like an older brother, but he's not, they're not a romantic couple. Just at some point, they partnered up and now they're sort of. One of them can't leave town without the other, you know? It's a decision they both (laughs) have to make to leave town.
1: I think it's because they decided to, like, start this business together. Like, they're business partners. Like, they decided to do the...
0: But it's a very informal business. It's just sort of...
1: Well, because it's a small town. To me, it just
0: seems like, well, we're a couple of friends who are desperate and we will take whatever jobs we can get. But it's not like they're paying taxes or... They're incorporated or anything like that. So I just found them very interesting. How they, how did the two of them end up in this situation and in this partnership, but we, we don't ever know. They never tell us. So they get, but they keep talking about leaving and going to Bixby. And then they finally, I think it was the shit exploding in their faces. That was uh. the last straw. <laughs> they started the movie laying fence for somebody and then. Somebody wants them to come pick up some trash and then they're doing a job, you know, pumping out someone's septic tank. Something getting isn't hooked up right and they get covered in shit. And that's when they decide. Let's fuck it. go.
1: Time to move on. <laughs>
0: we're going to we're going to Bixby. As they're about to leave, this woman offers them a job, but they follow through. They're like, nope, we're going. But as they leave, they discover the dead body of another resident, Edgar Deems, perched atop an electrical tower, still grasping the tower's crossbeams and his rifle. Uh, poor, poor Edgar. I really did like these guys, though. Because yeah,
1: they're really great. They're they're like one-liners. So many one-liners.
0: I just meant that even though they've decided, fuck this place, we're out of here, they stumble across this problem and they... Re- and they deal with it. They don't just say, "No, this isn't our problem. We're <laughs> we're leaving, we're going." They they are responsible citizens. In spite of the fact that they are kind of transient and kind of untethered and and they're still very good citizens in that they we're the ones who are here, we found the situation, we have to deal with it. So they get the guy down and they take him to town or take him to the doctor, you know, they do what uh-huh. they need to do. And I uh, really appreciate, and that's their sort of their attitude throughout the whole thing is that even though we don't really want to be here, and are tired of this community we're still part of it and we've got to do something. yeah
1: i actually have a note about this later on where i i, I put this is the best movie that we've seen as far as like teamwork and working as a group goes because everyone yes. just really comes together and you know they have this one moment where there's a little altercation yeah. but only because they have to put it in there like but yeah this movie is so you're right it's right. just it's so wholesome in that way
0: there's a great diversity of ethnicity and of personalities and character, but a very minimal conflict. Yeah, there's just one moment when Bert was like, wait a minute, you brought us out here when we could have been safe over there, you dumbass? Mm-hmm. But he gets over it pretty yeah. quickly. Reba calms him down and he gets over it. Anyway, the doctor determines that Edgar died of dehydration, apparently having been too afraid to climb down. Uh, they're skipping over the introduction of the mm-hmm. geologist student. Rhonda! This was a... This, I found this part a little bit problematic. Why? So I guess there had been another geology student and now there's a new one because there's the university or whatever has these seismographs set up. So I guess it's always some intern or students or doctoral thesis candidates turn to come out there and monitor them for a while. And then somebody says something about, well, did you see the new student? And when Val finds out it's a woman, he just goes all cartoon wolf.
1: Auga.
0: Yes, he's all like, auga. And he starts listing off the qualities that she will have. Blonde. He's just, He's basically he's praying nice that she titties. will be.
1: Legs.
0: Yes, and legs that won't quit or legs up to there legs or whatever. Legs that go
1: all the way up.
0: And Earl... Who's older and wiser is like, dude, you've got to let go of this hyper specific list of qualities that you're demanding that a woman have because you're going to miss out on good, you know, on good candidates, on good opportunities, on good potential partners Mm -hmm. because they don't meet your ridiculous standards. You need to get over that shit. Mm -hmm. And then when they when they meet Rhonda, she doesn't have any of those qualities, and she's got that white sunscreen, stuff,
1: shit. the sunscreen. Yeah. But on she, her but nose. she really is a babe. Like she is.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, her freckles, yes. they just and her curly her, hair. They just want her to she's
0: look a little strange. bit awkward when we first see right. her, so that he's Val's disappointed at first. Yeah, he managed. He gets over it.
1: So what what did you think uh, was so problematic? They, they her, so what did you think was problematic?
0: Oh, just him being. Well, the thing is, they do present him as being a dumb dumb.
1: Yeah, and then they call him but out on just, it. Just
0: yeah, his his whole attitude is just kind of like, oh man,
1: come. And on. also, it's like it has to be that way so he can grow throughout the movie. and like that's character true. Built. That's true.
0: He did. Yeah, I guess it's not that problematic in that he is kind of presented as being wrong for thinking that way. Mm-hmm. And he does and he does learn better but yes he's very much objectifying the
1: ladies. yeah there there's this one Uh, certain line too where he says something like he's like i'm a victim of circumstance like they're talking about that list he's like i'm a victim of circumstance and then earl's like i can't remember exactly what the words are he's like circumstance i thought you'd call that your pecker like oh my god i love their relationship so much just the back and forth the banter they're so funny and just like
0: it's a shame kevin uh declined to be in any more
1: of these it is i it really is i don't know why he was so awesome he did such a great job
0: and the thing is he's i mean obviously he's gotten over that because he was willing to be in the Mm -hmm. in the new series but also i just saw him recently in they slash them
1: oh i haven't seen it
0: it's a slasher movie
1: ooh, ooh, from last wow. year,
0: I believe, that's on Peacock.
1: Okay.
0: And it's <laughs> it's set in a conversion therapy camp. Oh, God. And ke- <laughs> it does and, sound like uh, a horror Kevin movie. Bacon, yeah, yeah. Well, it, yes, it is, it is presented as sympathetic to the gay and trans kids that are being sent to this camp. The thing is, they try to do something interesting with the setting, mm-hmm. but then they didn't do anything interesting at all with the actual slasher part. Aw. So it's not great, but I've seen worse. But anyway, Kevin Bacon's in it. How did he do? So, you know. And he, and he was in some other horror thing just a few years ago. Oh, no, he did a great job. Oh, my
1: God. He also, great. he was in a horror thing. Uh, I don't know what year it is, but he was in a movie called Stir of Echoes.
0: Oh, yeah. that was That was like in the... 90s early 2000s
1: oh so good um,
0: i'm i'm thinking of one from just a couple of years ago though i used to be really good at six degrees of kevin bacon
1: <laughs> <laughs> i just recently found out about that
0: oh yeah i had the I actually had the book because the guys that came up with the game that was how they managed to actually make some money from the game mm. was by publishing a book explaining it and giving some examples and giving some basic rules and stuff you should have left. Hmm. Is the horror movie I'm thinking of from 2020?
1: Don't think I saw it.
0: Meanwhile, back in Perfection, later on, an unseen creature kills Shepherd Fred and his flock of sheep. No. Val and Earl discover his severed head Blech. and believe that a serial killer is on the loose. Blech. Two construction workers ignore Val and Earl's warning and are killed by the same creature, causing a rock slide. Val and Earl try to find help after warning the residents but find the phone lines are dead and that the rock slide has blocked the only road out of town. Out of sight, a snake-like creature wraps itself around the truck's rear axle but is torn apart when Val stomps in the accelerator and drives away and is discovered when they return to town. And they then identify one of the graboids as Stumpy because they can tell one. of a... So these these creatures <laughs> have like, they're a little bit like the sandworms from Dune, but in their big mouths, they have these three tentacles with smaller mouths on them. So they're also a little bit like the aliens from Alien. Yeah. In That there's a small mouth inside of the big mouth. Mm-hmm. And so the one they call Stumpy has had part of one of his tentacles torn off in this incident here.
1: They're so cute. The little tentacles. (laughs) And for being in the dirt, for being like a a worm in the dirt, they make them look very moist as well. You know what I mean? Like they're all kind of (laughs) goopy. Like when they like when they come out of the ground, there's like parts where you can see like slime kind of coming off of them, which I thought was cool and a good touch Uh since they're in the dirt. You know, they don't look dry and gross. They look very much like a real
0: animal. Uh, Yeah, it's all practical effects, at least in this first one. Mm -hmm. It all looks really good.
1: It looks really good.
0: Val and Earl borrow horses to ride to Bixby for help. They come upon Wallace and his wife's buried station wagon near their trailer, but the couple is missing, having been killed the previous night. This was very sad. It is. This couple, I think they have just retired, and they're really enjoying being outdoors and camping together, and then... Uh, They get killed as they press on an enormous burrowing worm-like monster suddenly erupts out of the ground, revealing the snake-like creature to be one of the worm's many tentacled tongues.
1: The monster sound effects are are awesome in this movie. All the sound effects, like the the little roaring, the squeaking, like them moving through the ground. It all sounds really good.
0: Thrown from their horses, the men flee with the monster in pursuit chase ends when the eyeless creature crashes through the concrete wall of an aqueduct dying from the impact. Fuck it's burrowing you. underground, and it doesn't realize that it, there's a concrete wall coming up, and it just smashes right into it. Mm-hmm. Rhonda LeBec, a graduate student conducting seismology tests in the area, stumbles onto the scene. She deduces from previous readings that the three other worms are in the area. Oh, yeah, when they first meet her, she's like, has anybody been doing some drilling or blasting or something in the area because I'm getting some weird readings and they assure her that they will ask around. Mm -hmm. But it turns out it's this. (laughs) Anyway, she she deduces from previous readings that three other worms are in the area. Rhonda, Val, and Earl become trapped overnight atop a cluster of boulders near one of the worms. So the worms can feel the vibrations in the ground, but not if you're on something solid like a boulder. And also they can't. Just burrow through the boulder to get at you, mm-hmm. oh, uh, the... and surmise that the creatures hunt their prey by detecting seismic vibrations. Like it is said, the trio then finds some discarded poles and use them to pull vault over to nearby boulders. I
1: love this scene. Eventually,
0: reaching Rhonda's truck.
1: I love the pole vaulting. It's so cute. It's such a good scene. I love it. The music and everything. Also, did Marlboro pay for this movie? Because, geez Louise, like there's always there's so many parts in this movie where there's like a Marlboro cigarette, like just pack, just sitting there, like perfectly facing the camera, like even not even in the right place. You know, it's just so funny. So many Marlboro moments. It was
0: I didn't know. Are the people actually smoking them or are they just kind of there? No,
1: they're smoking them. They're there. Even in the very beginning of the movie, like the first, before the, when, when Val wakes Earl up, he, they have this bit, like this cool guy cigarette bit where they like basically cheer cigarettes and like light, light their cigarettes. And it's just like crazy. There's so much Marlboro placement in this movie, even, (laughs) even like in the store, when the, when the thing is attacking the store. There's like this two different moments, completely different parts of the store where it's like Marlboro cigarettes, like just set up. It's so (laughs) funny. There's a lot of it. Huh?
0: There comes a point in Hollywood where they, you know, try to start moving away from glamorizing the use of tobacco. It was not the (laughs) nineties. To that point,
1: definitely not cuz i remember when i was a kid you could still smoke everywhere every restaurant you went into it was like smoking or non-smoking remember that
0: yeah yeah
1: yeah it was like you could smoke everywhere you like it was at one point people smoked on airplanes in grocery stores oh, yeah. like it's yep. crazy all of the cars uh. i remember when i was a kid all of our cars had um ashtrays like built into the car
0: yeah yep and we were never smoking family but we had Ours with ashtrays in them. As a kid, you just kind of sit there and play with yeah. them. Kind of flick them open and closed. Yeah. Maybe gum might end up in them.
1: But. Yes. Yep. We would get in so much trouble if we C- put right. gum in them, but we definitely did try. <laughs> and we were a smoking family. I started smoking super young. I have since quit. I almost four years since I quit. If you are struggling with tobacco use, I'm telling you right now, I read a book. It's called The Easy Way to Stop Smoking by Alan Carr. Fucking read it, man. Only 4% of people who read it don't quit, and you have nothing to lose if you read it and you're still smoking. Oh, well, you read a book, so what? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank you for that public service announcement.
1: You're welcome. I Yeah, totally.
0: <laughs> After the three return to town, the worms attack and kill general store owner Walter Chang. No! On.
1: Walter!
0: And I love that actor. He's been in a bunch of shit. He was in Big Trouble in Little China, Oh. which is a great movie. And the Three Ninjas Tetralogy. Nice. Uh, oh, he is also in The Golden Child.
1: Yes. Sweet.
0: Same year as Big Trouble in Little
1: China. Hell yeah.
0: He's great, but he doesn't make it all the way through the
1: movie. Yeah, bummer. Uh, f-
0: let's see. They kill Walter, forcing everyone to hide on the town's various rooftops. Meanwhile, survivalist couple Bert and Heather Gummer managed to kill one of the creatures after unwittingly luring it to their basement armory. They're doing that thing where they put um, old shells, shell casings Mm -hmm. from their bullets into a rock tumbler. Yeah. I don't know what it does exactly, but you can reuse them after you throw them in there for a while. I used to have a science teacher that did
1: that. Nice.
0: (laughs) But the vibrations from it uh, attract the the creature. The people back at the store are trying to call them and warn them about it. They're like, what? Huh? What? (laughs) In town, the two remaining worms attack the building foundations, knocking over a trailer belonging to Nestor before dragging him under and devouring it. Realizing they cannot stay in the town any longer, Earl, Rhonda, and Miguel distract the monsters while Val commandeers a track loader and chains a semi-trailer to the rear. The survivors use it to escape to a nearby mountain range.
1: This player is so good. It's so good with the tractor when they get the tractor to work and the tractor just starts going and then Val starts running. Oh, it's so good because then the tractor crashes and then, you know, the things start running or like going towards him and they're like, stop, be quiet, just be quiet. And he's just like staying still and it pops up right next to him. Oh, so good.
0: But it it crashes because the worms actually set a trap. They create a Oh, I, meant, so the, I right. meant
1: before that, like the small, the tiny tractor. Like before they all get on the big tractor, oh. like when they set the tiny tractor yes. off to like distract the, yeah.
0: Yes, that's right. They're going to get to the big one by having that small one, just turn it on and let it run and it'll follow that.
1: I think this is the first time that we've kind of seen like a monster that, you know, like makes and executes a plan. Because I feel like most monsters that we see, you know, they're kind of... Like, we have seen some of the monsters, like... Maybe, like, Gamera, you know, where he's, like, gotta save the babies and, like, do something. But I don't know. It just kind of—most of the time, it's, like, mindless destroying shit or someone controlling the monster in some certain way. So this is kind of, like, the first time on our show that we've seen, like, a monster who's, like, smart. And these monsters, like, communicate with each other, like, make a plan. Like you said, make the trap and I think that's pretty cool, like a pretty cool thing. Even though this isn't like our typical kaijui film still, I thought that was really cool that we kind of have this monster that's not just mindlessly like just going and knocking buildings down, but it's like actually making a plan and like uh, luring people in and, you know, tricking them too. Was pretty cool.
0: The survivors flee to some nearby boulders for safety. Earl then has an idea to lure the worms and trick them into swallowing Bert's homemade pipe bombs. He just filled up a whole bag full of these things when he was back in his basement, made up a whole bunch, and then, or no, they made up on their roof, they made them before they joined everybody else. The strategy successfully kills one worm, but the last one spits a bomb back towards the survivors, forcing them to disperse as the explosion destroys all but one of the remaining bombs. So they are pretty smart because. Yeah, you blew up my friend, but now I know what that thing is. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to swallow it. Val lures the final worm into chasing him to the edge of a cliff and then explodes the remaining bomb behind it, frightening the worm into charging through the cliff face where it plummets to its death onto the rocks below. Group returns to town where they call in the authorities to begin an investigation while Earl encourages Val to pursue a romantic relationship with Rhonda. Rhonda. Yeah, he's very, he's very like, well, yeah, it's nice, it was nice to meet you, bye. they all also like, what are you doing? Get over there. <laughs> so, um... Yeah, they, they have a little smooch in them.
1: It's really cute, because the romance in this movie, like, it starts out where Val's like, oh, it has to be this, 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 and this, and then he kind of grows as a character throughout the movie, and at one point, like, when they have to sleep on the rock, he gives her his jacket. He's like a gentleman and so sweet. And then at the end of the movie, he's just so nervous and shy and kind of, it's just such a nice change of pace from the romances we've seen before, where kind of the guy is just shy and giggling and doesn't really know how to you know initiate the romance it's super cute i really loved it i love the character building through the movie and how he kind of changes and he's like not by the end you know he's like the, the good guy he saved everybody and blah 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 <laughs>
0: uh yeah it's it's great it's great fun it's well done the effects are good everybody's good in it mm-hmm. uh, uh it's a shame that fred ward and Re- well fred ward comes back for one more movie and then i think he's out and reba does not come back for anymore
1: oh <laughs> she was so good
0: we'll see bobby jacoby one more time in one of the later ones the third one i think nice melvin melvin shows up in a uh, and, of course, as we mentioned, uh, Michael Gross will be in all the rest of them. Hell yeah, brother. So we will get to those when we get to them.
1: Such a classic. What is your favorite part of this movie?
0: Uh, Maybe it's the elephant gun.
1: <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I just like hearing Reba say elephant gun. Uh,
0: yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I have just one favorite part.
1: Something I remember the most, the most from like watching it as a kid is, um, sometimes they do this camera angle of like the tremor, you know, sneaking up on someone or like going through the, it's like, it's kind of like the POV of the, it's not because it's underground, but you know, that camera angle, it's something that I really remember as a kid and just seeing it and just like being just, you know, loving it so much. So Yay! I love this movie! I'm so glad that we put it on the list.
0: What rating are you going to give it, Honeybee?
1: I am going to give it A4. Oh.
0: I was gonna give it a five. Oh my
1: gosh! I'm so happy for you. I'm so happy that it's a five. It's definitely like I think that it's a, it is a five in my heart. But I think as as far as like it's just so silly and campy and goofy. I love it so much. I will watch it over and over and over again. And honestly, it probably is a five for me. But I don't know. I think I think four just because it's it, it's like like I said, it's one of those things where. I, I don't know if that it's a good movie or if it's just something that I love so much from my childhood you know what I mean
0: uh-huh well but I mean it's our subjective rating system and five means I loved
1: it so <laughs> well I'm glad
0: doesn't matter why you loved it. it just matters if you liked it or you loved it
1: yeah I I also loved it
0: where is it available it I I don't know if it's streaming free anywhere but you can buy it or rent it on all the things you know like the voodoo and the Prime. Amazon and and all of that kind of the YouTube and the Google and all those things. I think you have to buy it though. I don't think it's streaming free anywhere. Yeah, it's uh, it's not streaming free anywhere, but it is available to rent or to buy on all of the major, the Apple TV, the Redbox, the Amazon Prime, the Google Play, the YouTube, Vudu. Fuck yeah! Did you say Redbox? I highly recommend it. <laughs> Redbox uh, has a website where you can stream things oh. in addition to going to the actual physical box. Wow, I
1: did not know.
0: Yeah, and they uh, like many of these things. Some of them are to buy or to rent, but some of them are free. There's some free stuff.
1: Fuck yeah, I'll be checking. You might have
0: out. to watch a commercial. I think they even have a few exclusive things. So cool. Yeah. If you're looking for some free content, check out Redbox.com. Redbox, not a sponsor. This program. <laughs> Let's see. What is next week?
1: Godzilla versus
0: King Ghidorah. Yeah. Until then, I have been Precious D. And
1: I have been Honey Bee.
0: Remember to keep calm and take shelter in basements. And
1: please don't miss you, Science.
0: We will not see you, but you will hear us next time on Monster Movie Fun Time Go. You've been listening to Monster Movie Funtime Go. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and review us on your podcasting platform of choice. Our theme song is by the Texicado Folk Rock Punk featuring Lita Lopez. You can support the show, find links to our social media, and even leave us a voice message at anchor.fm slash mnftg.
1: Today at the gym, someone was like, I like your shirt, and I was wearing my keep calm and take shelter in basement shirt and I was like oh my god thank you it's from my podcast <laughs>
0: <laughs> were you able to give them the, the details yeah I
1: turned around and showed them the back and they like read it and they were like oh yeah wow, well, we're gonna have to check it out